0: Today's episode of Stop Reading That is going to be on the zine Communist Atrocity. Hey, welcome back to Stop Reading That, formerly Spatular Extremities. Today, I have an interesting one. And I know I say that a lot because I actually believe it's true, but this one is very different. I have in front of me issue number two of Communist Atrocity, which came out of the punk scene in Wisconsin in 1982. Now I don't really know a whole lot about the Wisconsin Minnesota punk scene. I know you know I know the big acts like the Replacements and Husker do, and they're they're two of my favorites. But the view of Minnesota and Wisconsin that I have in my mind is sort of like the Scandinavians came to the United States and found the coldest place on the in the continental US that they could find. And then they set up a little version of Scandinavia. And uh, you can infer from that what you will regarding our current situation in the U.S. But Communist Atrocity takes the rebellion of the punk scene one step further and rebels against the rebels. And it's a very short zine. The issue I have is only 10 pages and I couldn't find any other issues. In fact, it's really hard to find anything about this. I found one fact sheet zine on on, uh, punk fanzines that it mentioned communist atrocity and said that it had three issues and gave the mailing address and everything. But there's really not a lot out there and I only found it while just sifting through a bunch of stuff. Now, communist atrocity doesn't seem to have any straight up political philosophy. Some of the writers appear to be Reaganites, while others are sort of anarcho-libertarians. But I guess when you are going against the prevailing left-wing orthodoxy of the punk scene, you just kind of find your allies where you can. Now, the editor goes by the name of Lexington Beauvais, which I'm going to assume is a pen name. And Lexington Beauvais writes in the editorial, Last issue's brilliant editorial on communist bullshit, imperialist commandos running backwards across the death strip, laid down the communist atrocity editorial viewpoint on communism. While honoring the mental retardation of these intellectual halfwits, radical intelligentsia, we await their hate mail, it being our primary source of entertainment, which we'll gladly reprint and ridicule if we ever come out with a third issue. Uh, They did come out with a third issue. Meanwhile, more news on the retardation front. The Progressive Labor Party's Communist Manifest- Manifesto 1982 provides a gold mine of contemporary communist thought. These brave men and women can repeat the phrase, a communist revolution is the only solution, up to three times an issue. The PLP claims communism will work because the people will want it to work. All those who question this infallible logic or the dictatorship of the proletariat are labeled, of course, capitalist vampires, enemies of the people, etc. etc. ad nauseum. Their manifesto is not only sickeningly infantile, but also so unoriginal and boring that it's impossible to read more than a few paragraphs in a single sitting. Man, you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same, right? My favorite picture in the publication shows five or six PLP members Fat, white women and bearded men who work for Ma Bell, rallying and marching in Minneapolis. They look disinterested and hold a banner that read, MLP's Phone Workers for Communism, crudely decorated with an actual hammer and sickle in the corner. I would love nothing better than to see those fat middle-class office workers slaving in the fields with sickles, or toiling in some Siberian railroad with hammers under the watchful, benevolent eye of the glorious proletariat dictatorship. The Progressive Labor Party, whose awe-inspiring logo is a raised fist in front of a red star, on their way to smashing racist unemployment and bringing death to the Nazis and the KKK, have reaped the coveted Communist Atrocity Asshole of the Year Award for 1982. It's really funny to read this and to look at the situation today in 2018. ...and see how just so little has actually changed. The people that he talks about in that that editorial working for Ma Bell... ...which in the 80s was basically a quasi-government agency... ...sound just like every union steward that I have ever had the misfortune of dealing with. You know, pasty middle-aged people who have probably never worked a day in their lives... ...talking about the workers' revolution... Many of them work for the government, or some NGO, or something like the Bells, which thankfully are in their death throes. And talking about smashing the KKK, which even in 1982 barely even existed, it's just really amusing to read. In another editorial, uh, somebody who goes by the handle Space Tripper, Uh, writes, Anarchy is a solution just as long as you have enough guns. Ask any Posse Comitatus member. If a band like the Dead Kennedys sells one record or makes one cent at a show, that makes them every bit as capitalistic as William Randolph Hearst. Be a true anarchist. Burn up your fascist American money and stop using the CIA infiltrated fascist postal service. Think for yourself and get dirty stares at Nikos. I love you all, space tripper. And they even go so far as to have a picture of Ronald Reagan with a bubble next to him. And I'll I'll read just the last part of what it says. Uh, I just want to ask all you hardcores to re-elect me in 1984 so you can perpetuate your hatred of me for four more years and justify your existence. What would Reagan death, Reagan youth, etc. have to do if it wasn't for me holding office? Besides, I'm much more fun to hate than Jimmy Carter or Ted Kennedy. Support the hardcore scene. Vote for me in 84. Well, considering that Reagan won 49 states, with, by the way, the notable exception of Minnesota, something tells me that a lot of these hardcore punks uh, secretly did vote for him to be re-elected. Now, these are members of the punk scene, so, you know, they do have other interests. There are a couple of show reviews one for a band called Satan's Funeral and another for a band called The Shemps and it's, this isn't The Shemps that eventually became Soundgarden apparently there are a bunch of bands named The Shemps and there's a local gossip page there are some record reviews, couple of zine reviews so in many ways what we have here is your standard punk zine just with a, a very different political slant And reading Communist Atrocity, you know, it probably didn't get that far, but I'm just really hoping that it pissed off all the right people. As for the review, if you're listening to this, there's a pretty good chance that you would like Communist Atrocity. When I say that very little has changed, if you read this zine that came out 36 years ago, you are going to see a lot of the same phrases, a lot of the same poses, a lot of the same attitudes that you're hearing from the alt-left and these various protest organizations today. It's the same tired basin superstructure Marxism that was already outdated within a few decades after Marx wrote it. And so in many ways today, you're dealing with A 19th century mentality using 21st century technology. It's the very same trust fund babies who write for the Huffington Post or Vice or those other lovely publications. Talking about the workers of the world when the only workers they probably ever see are working on their elevators in their New York lofts. And aside from that, if you're not from the area, it's really kind of an interesting glimpse into what was going on at the time in that particular moment, in that particular scene. The Shemps appear to have become kind of minor local heroes, so you can read about the time that they got really drunk and played and got their mic pulled, because they were way too loud and way too drunk and way too obnoxious. And if you're like me, and and in spite of it all, you just have this strange love for the punk scene, yeah, I'd recommend it. It's a fun little zine. I wish I had more issues of it. If you know anything about it, uh, tweet me, at Spatular Gene, that's at Spatular G-E-N-E. Or if you know of any other zines coming out or that came out of the, the Minneapolis or the Madison or any of that area, if that punk scene, um, anywhere, really anywhere in the Midwest. If you have a link to one of those or you know of where I can get some of them, I'd like to read those. And of course, I'm fully aware that the topic of communist atrocity is going to turn some people off and, but you know what? How many times have you heard of an anti-communist zine? That's just a rare bird. So I really think that even if you sympathize with the people that they're making fun of, it might be worth to check out just out of curiosity. Anyway, that's what I've been reading. I didn't go over the whole thing because I think you should check it out for yourself. It's kind of a fun little read. Like I said, it's only 10 pages. So, you know, I hope you all survive your Monday, and I will be talking to you very soon. This is Stop Reading That, signing off. Goodbye.